What's up, sons and daughters? It is the crew from the Locks of Saturday. I am Sam Jesse. I'm here with Brett, Ed, Robert, and Chris. We have a full crew here with us tonight as we're sweating some action overs. A couple games going well, a couple games not going so well, but that's the fun of it. Guys, we are through 10 weeks of college football. This season, this season feels like it's flown by particularly quickly. You guys agree? Yeah, well. It goes by quickly when your team is not very good. So, or well, we'll get to that. We'll right. And as that. you can see by my background, I've already moved on to basketball season. So, we have indeed. Well, through 10 weeks, Brett, you're doing a pretty darn good job. You are 30 and 26 against the spread. Robert, you are also above 500 at 29 and 27. After a two and three week, yours truly is at 27 and 28. Chris at 25 and 31, as well as Ed at 25. And 31. Still, still a lot of football to pick. Anyone's game at this point. Just need one big week. And how about we start it this week? Um, we don't normally talk about Virginia Tech first, but let's talk about them first. Noon kickoff on Bally Sports South. The over-under is at 49 and a half, and the Hokies are nine and a half point dogs to the Duke Blue Devils in a game of football. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a a Virginia Tech at Duke game probably about a decade ago, and the Duke student section uh, started chanting towards the end of the game, this ain't football. And here we are, and it is football. Uh, Brett, you get the honors of leading us off tonight. Congratulations. Um, nine and a half. It's a pretty big spread. Yeah, I'm taking the Hokies just because I think they're going to lose another single-digit game. I mean, right now it's just kind of where they're at. It's like they're one or it's the last four games they've been one or two plays away from honestly winning the football game, and I think it's going to happen again. I mean, it's just been a trend, and I like the trend. And shockingly, the public is on Virginia Tech. Fifty-three percent of the bets are on Tech. Sixty-three percent of the money. I mean, so that's you know usually when the public is all in on somebody. That's what I'm not, uh, that's what I'm staying away from it. But when it's like kind of 50 50, you know, I try to pick the team that the public's barely on because they're kind of just teasing it a little bit. Uh, I think the Hokies will, I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll lose by single digits again. So that's why I like nine and a half. Um, I think losing by a touchdown sounds about right to me. I really don't have much else to say, to be honest. It really isn't a lot to say. Not much yeah. to say, Ed. Yeah, I agree with what Brett said. I think Virginia Tech can cover the nine and a half. I, I liked it obviously earlier in the week when it was at ten, but uh, even at nine and a half, I think Virginia Tech can stay within a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, they probably should have won the last two games. Um, yeah, if not for some really bad mistakes late in the game. I mean, you fumbled the ball three times um, last week. That that cost you the game. Things like that. That I think you know. Hopefully they can clean up and are able to, at the very least, stay within the nine and a half. So I like Virginia Tech. I, I like some things I saw from them offensively last week. It was a bit more creative, ran the ball with Grant Wells a lot, um, which I think opened some stuff up for both the receivers and the running backs. Uh, health of the running backs is a concern, but I'm, I'm still going to go with the Hokies to cover the nine and a half in this one. Yeah, I I told this to a few of you guys offline, and – the whole issue with like rebuilding a program is you lose big and then you lose small, then you win small, then you win big. And right now Virginia Tech's in the lose small stage of this rebuild. And unfortunately, a lot of rebuilds get cut because 
you stay in that lose small. And it feels like the UNC and the West Virginia game, those were the lose big games. And then you started to lose small and then smaller. And then you've gotten so, so close. I do feel like this team is better than their record. However, there are just so many glaring weaknesses and just so many issues that they have late in games. It's tough to pick them to really win a game. However, we're not picking them to win. We're picking them to cover. I think Virginia Tech covers nine and a half here. Um, I, I think this this is probably the first game that they've played, honestly, since Wofford, where they will have the edge of being bigger, faster, stronger players. So I, I think you could see Virginia Tech make make some inroads in the line of scrimmage. I think they've been better at the line of scrimmage the last few games. Just need to make plays when it counts. Um, I don't think Virginia Tech will win this game. I just think mentally they are incapable of winning a football game right now. Uh, this is, without doubt, the worst Power 5 offense in the country. Um, statistically, on film, in every single way. I know they got a little bit more creative last week, but it didn't result in points. It, it just didn't. Um, they didn't score 30, and they had two non-offensive touchdowns. Like, yeah, it's pretty tough to do. But... If there's one thing that Duke has been really bad at, their defensive backs are some of the worst in the nation. They're 112th in EPA per pass this year. They have given up a fair amount of points to some not great offenses. They gave up 31 to Boston College last week, uh, 21 to Miami. They gave up 38 to UVA, who's not been very good offensively. They gave up 20 to North Carolina A&T. They gave up 23 to Northwestern. Like These are not good offensive teams, so you can score on Duke. I think the Hokies will actually score enough points to put themselves in position to win the game. The issue would just be the defense doesn't have the depth late in games. So I'll pick Tech plus nine and a half. I I oddly like the over in this game. Uh, I, I think you, you could see a game that's that finishes similar to the Georgia Tech game last week where it finishes in the high 20s. Um, not a whole lot of reason for hope right now for Virginia Tech. You're just looking for some guys to make some plays. But um, I think nine and a half is a pretty egregiously large spread for this game. So I'd, I'd go Hokies. I'm 100% in agreement with all of you. So that's, you know, already starting to raise the hairs on the, you know, the back of my neck here. But um, I'm going to go ahead and offer a different point of view. And I agree with everything you're saying about tech, all of you. It, it makes complete sense. But uh, let me offer another one. Why in the world would you ever lay nine and a half on Duke against a power five opponent? Um, I, I had to do a thought exercise here and I had to think about not necessarily thinking about the, the actual outcome. And yes, Duke under Mike Elko has won some football games. That's great. Um, but in what instance should they get action on a line where Duke is favored by almost double digits? And so I had to think of the programs that the power five programs not counting group of five here of teams that I would probably take Duke double digits. And I, I, I whittled it down to Vandy Northwestern and Colorado. Those are probably the only three I would have any semblance of confidence of thinking that Duke could win before knowing the outcome of the game. Cause we always, you know, retroactive look at, you know, like they beat Miami pretty handily. Yeah. You know, that, that was the outcome of the game, but I wouldn't have gone into that game betting Duke in, in that game. So um, especially laying the points, not taking Duke as an underdog. So I would offer this up to the group. Is there any other team right now where you would say, yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense for Duke to lay double digits on. I mean, is Virginia Tech better 
than those teams you mentioned, though? Like, yeah, are we better than Vanderbilt right now? Are we? Yes, yes. That, that, I, I don't think that's a thought exercise. I mean, they have more. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just think we're just as bad. But we we are we are I would consider to be way too zoomed in on how bad we think our program is, and we are. We're not good. And this isn't a glowing endorsement of Virginia Tech by any means. I'm just saying that I'm just not in the business of trying to make money on betting Duke almost double digits. That that's they, kind of what I'm did. advising against our users, our assume our listeners right now. They did beat Virginia by 11, so there's another one you can add to the list. And yeah, UVA, you're right. So this is Vandy, UVA, Northwestern, and Colorado. So three of the the four schools are are smart kids schools. So there you go. Um, uh, the other one here is, you know, it's going to be a noon kickoff. There's probably going to be a considerable amount of Hokie fans in the audience because we are uh, uh, self-masochists and we want to go watch this game and enjoy a uh, autumn afternoon in, in Durham. But I just, I, I like I said, I, I don't like tech football right now. It's disgusting to watch, but I just, I'm not in the business of laying points, significant points on Duke. That, that, and in, in addition to everything that everybody has said there, I think this is a close game. Robert, before you go, just want to point out to the people that uh, Duke is five and four against the spread this year. Although if you, on aggregate, they've been one of the, um, they've been overperforming the spread more than any other team. So you, if you look at their plus minus versus the spread, uh, Duke is one of the best teams uh, against that. So they have been, in a, in a gambling way, really outperforming themselves uh, this year. So, but yeah, Robert, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm taking Duke here. Um, I don't have an issue laying the points, unfortunately, just because I do, I just don't think this is a good matchup for, for Virginia Tech. Um, I think what Duke has is, you know, they at this point, they do appear to be the better coach team. Um, you know, you can get to the Pry-Elko debates all you want, but Elko assembled a staff that has a lot of Power 5 experience, and that's showing itself. And they hit the transfer portal really hard. Um, they're a good team. And I think that why I don't like the matchup is I'm looking at... Like if Virginia Tech is going to win this game or if they're even going to cover the spread, like they have to, I think, control the pace and and soak up a lot of clock on offense, which is something that they just haven't been able to do this year. Um, because as Sam mentioned, this is one of, if not the worst offense in power five. Um, because Duke, they run the ball incredibly well, but what makes them unique is they have four guys, including their quarterback, four guys who have run for 300 yards or more this year. So, you know, as the game progresses and maybe the defense gets tired out because they've been on the field for a long time, they can keep just cycling through running backs and they're going to stay fresh. Like, it's not like it's one guy, like, like they can keep going and going and going and just run. And there's a reason why they're 19th in the country in time of possession right now. But I was doing some research here. And Virginia Tech, like I mentioned, just is really bad um, about keeping the football for a long time, even in their successes. Um, so right now on all of Virginia Tech's drives, they are averaging 5.26 plays per drive. That's really bad. Um, they are scoring um, on only 23.93% of their drives um 
So less than 24% of their drives are getting points, and that's field goals or touchdowns. It's only 28 total. Um, like right now, they have only had 10 drives all season of 117 drives. Only 10 of them have gone for double-digit plays, um, and only four drives in the six games since the Wofford game have gone double-digit plays. Um, I mean, they're just not holding the ball for a long time. Like, even when they score, um, they only keep the ball, or sorry, they only run double-digit plays on 28.57% of their scoring drives. And worst of all, Peter Moore, the punter, he has 60 punts this year, and that is number one in the country. So they are punting left and right. They are just not holding onto the ball. Even when they do well, they don't hold onto the ball. When they do poorly, they don't hold onto the ball. And the reason why you blow games is because your defense is tired because it has no depth and it's been on the field for so long. Um, And Duke is going to just soak up clock and they're just going to stay on the field for a long time. They're going to whittle the defense down. Um, I see this as sort of a backdoor cover for Duke where I think they score late. Um, especially with this half point here. If it was 10 or 10 and a half, I might feel differently. But I think Duke winning by 10 um, actually kind of makes perfect sense to me. It'll be a close game. It'll be a game where the Hokies will need to throw the football. Again, Duke, very good rush defense, very bad pass defense. Um, I think this is a game where you need to see Wells throw the ball 35, 40 times, like air the ball out. Try something, go for big plays because this offense, as you said, Robert, they just can't sustain drives and they can't finish drives. So they need to find some big plays. Let's move on to one of the biggest games in the country and is happening in the American conference where central Florida is two point dogs traveling to new Orleans to play the two lane mean green wave. This game at three 30 on ESPN two. the over under is at 53 guys. We have been riding the two lane wave all year and they are in position in week 11 yes the two-lane wave they're in position to make a new year's six bowl after an incredibly disappointing year in 2021 brett do they keep it going against a central florida team that has been playing better and better as the season has gone on just got off a win against cincinnati yeah i think they actually um do keep it going here i think they're a much i think not much better team genres plumley while we ripped on him early, he's actually shown some promise as a dual threat. He can at least make plays happen when they need to happen, it seems like. But Tulane, I mean, their last five games are against – they're 5-0 and their last five against the spread. UCF is 4-1. I just – I thought they were – I thought they were 3-2 and two actually, but they're 4-1. So, I mean, from a spread perspective, obviously it's so little. Like, you're pretty much doing a pick them. But I still like Tulane. I think they're the hot team and they're a fun team to watch. They're efficient on offense. They have a, I wouldn't say their defense is good, but their defense is stout. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're consistent, but their offense is just unbelievable to watch. I mean, it's, they're not putting up like Southern, like SMU numbers, like 77 in the game. That was insane. But, uh, you know, they're just consistent and they get the job done. That's what they've been doing every week. And, They've, I think they've made a lot of people a lot of money this year. And Vegas has been very wrong about them on multiple weeks. So I'm just going to stick with Tulane and just keep riding keep riding that green wave. Plus, it's how can you bet against those uniforms they wear every week? 
Yeah, I'm also on Tulane. They, they're the number one team in the country all year long in terms of covering the spread um, at 88.9%, uh, followed closely by another team we'll talk about in a little while. So I'm on Tulane as well. They do have some of the best uniforms in the country. Um, and I mean, in reality, they probably should be undefeated. They're really going to be kicking themselves at the end of the year about that loss earlier in the season. But I'm also on Tulane, and no need to continue to build off of Brett's fantastic analysis. Riding the wave. You guys, I'm all in. I'm all in on Tulane. I got the Mardi Gras beats. All in on Tulane. In November. I, I love it. In November. We're a few months early for Mardi Gras. I got them on. I love what this team is doing. They're getting better each and every week. Like you said, they had a really disappointing game against Southern Miss, but this is a team that has good wins. Memphis is a talented team. They took care of Memphis. Kansas State, a very talented team, took care of Kansas State on the road. They're playing at home. They have the crowd behind them. I love Tulane in this one. UCF, I think, is one of those teams, maybe not to the extent or, or to the national scale that, you know, that like Oregon is at home or some other programs, but UCF wins their big games at home and then they just disappoint everywhere else. I love Tulane at home. It's only two points, so you're basically taking them a pick them. Love them here. Love Tulane. I think they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Oh, that game against Cincinnati will be tough, but I think they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. All Real right, way. so... We, we, I, I think at this point we can all be in agreement that we believe wholeheartedly that this game should have been the college game day game. Like, can we get some consensus across the board there? Yes. And not only yeah, that, no doubt. If you are the college, if you are the college game day crew, and I imagine Kirk and you know all, all of the, uh, the the cast members there, if you had to choose between, I believe it what is Austin for the TCU Texas game versus going to New Orleans in November. Like the short-sightedness of missing a trip, a free trip to New Orleans for a college day game. They're going to kick themselves for this one because this is going to be a fantastic game in a fantastic football city in November. I love New Orleans in the winter, especially at this now, time of the some, month. Well, it's, it's the best. Some people would, would pick Austin in that scenario. I will say there's some... There's I have Austin been to Austin, and those people. But are those guys more aren't on college game day. I'll tell you. In that. comparison to New Orleans, if you want to take Austin versus like Omaha, sure. But Austin versus New Orleans, not even a debate. All right. So I, I would just caution anybody in that scenario. Um, I am living vicariously through Tulane football this season. They are my adopted team. Um, they're fun to watch, and they actually do well when I watch them. And I, I like it when those two things happen. Um, Ed is right. They're eight and one against the spread this year. UCF, no slouch. They are seven and two. They are a good football team. That's why I believe that this should have been the college game day game. Um, but just overall between the two teams, I do feel like Tulane is not only just the better roster, but they have the better performance against better opponents. Uh, I really loved that win on the road against Kansas state and earlier on in the season, I feel like that gave Tulane a lot of juice going into their normal conference schedule and it proofed out and they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and fun fact, and I'll leave this uh, as a, uh, Oh, by the way, Tulane with three historical sec championships has more, or excuse me, not more is tied 
with the combined group of Kentucky, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt combined. So Tulane has more historical dominance in the SEC than half of the current SEC teams altogether. Think about that. Tulane has an argument right now to join the SEC. They're a football dinosaur sleeping in New Orleans right now. Um, but yeah, just all things aside, I, I just, I love this program. I love their history. I love the fact that they are awakening a little bit right now. They're in a little bit of Renaissance, their uniforms, everything about them. This is a vibes pick. I am picking the vibes. I'm picking Tulane. They Speaking might of- pull out the helmets that have the Pelican riding the wave as well. And if that happens, watch out. If that happens, it's, it's over. game over. It's yeah. game over. Also like to point out, you said dinosaurs, Willie Fritz, the head coach for Tulane, old guy one of the winningest active coaches in college football though so he's a guy who's been around the block um i I do i really like this Tulane team this year they they built from they built up their roster last year played a lot of young guys and here they are i loved that uh Tulane sec stat that's so good that's like that's like when you remind people that south carolina has more acc championships than miami um um, i no shock. I'm riding the wave too. Um, and I, I one stat I'm going to point out here is uh, the fact that this is a home game for Tulane. UCF has a really weird schedule this year, and so far of the nine games, nine games they've played, six have been at home. Um, and so the only like road teams they've played are, let's see, they beat Florida Atlantic, who's four and five. They beat Memphis last week, who's also four and five. So that's two not very good teams. And then they got boat raced by East Carolina um, about a month ago. And so East Carolina is the only team they've played on the road with a winning record, and they lost by 21 points. Um, This UCF team is certainly built to win at home, and they just I just don't think they've been battle-tested in terms of going into a hostile environment and beating a really good team because the only road wins they have are against a couple pushovers. Um, so yeah, riding the wave, two points is so small here. I would absolutely hammer that. Should be a really fun game. Again, this one at 3.30 on ESPN2 if you have nothing better to watch at that time. This is a fun one, and this could decide who wins the American Conference. It'll basically come down to Tulane and Cincinnati. Tulane loss here basically put Cincinnati in the driver's seat that game towards the end of the season. We're definitely going to cover it. going to be a fun one. All right, let's move on to the game that college game day is going to, and maybe one of the stinkiest rat lines of the year, Texas Christian plus seven going to Austin to play Quinn Ewers and the Texas Longhorns. This game, the nightcap seven 30 PM on ABC over under is at 65 Brett. I know I say this kind of every other week, but I do really think this was the, what's the, the PG way to say this. It was the most, it puts your mind in a blunder. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm still, I'm sitting here. I'm just stalling because I have no idea who I'm going to pick to be honest with you. Not a clue. I do. I'm really not, I'm really not afraid to say it. I think, I think Texas wins by double digits in this game. I think this. I think this is it for TCU. Not going to run the table, and this is where I think this is where it ends. Um, I think think 
Texas is more than capable of beating this team by double digits. This is, I think, the best deep. Texas defense isn't good. Like, they're not great. But this is by far the best defense TCU has played in, like, six weeks. And, like, it, and that's not even particularly close. I mean, they're five, their last five defenses TCU has played, when you really look at it, is oh, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State. Kansas State's okay. I wouldn't say they're great. Oklahoma State, who's really bad. Kansas, who's one of the worst in the country. And they go and play Texas, who probably has the best defense that they've obviously they've faced in those five games, even before that. Um, I think Texas at home at night, I think they're all, they're finally kind of back on track. They that loss to uh, Oklahoma State, it was I don't I wasn't really sure. That was going to Stillwater, tough place to play. Quinn Evers was in headlight, he's deer in headlights a little bit, especially the end of that game. I still, I think they're just. I, I don't know if they're the better team, but I think they're in the better spot. And with no ATCs running the table, um, most as I just feel like most uh, Big Twelve games also don't end, don't end in single digits very often. But I just said that now that I'm looking, and pretty much every game Texas has played has ended in single digits, except for Oklahoma. So that was a totally false statement. Uh, but anyway, I still like Texas in the spot a lot, just because TCU's no way they're running the table. Fortunately, uh, they don't our producer said Max Dugan is a dog. Yes, dude is a stud. But I think it comes to an end here. Um, TCU's been a fun team to watch. They still will be a fun team to watch, but I think it comes to an end here for them. Fortunately, they don't have to run the table in order to cover the spread. So That's true. I'm going to go with TCU here to cover the seven. I don't know if you guys can hit that. My computer's going crazy. Um, I'm going to go with popular, TCU. Ed. <laughs> oh, actually, oh. We, we can a, hear it, Ed. <laughs> it's actually a, a gambling group chat where everyone's talking about Maction. So it is somewhat related to what we are currently doing. Unfortunately, they're not talking about TCU right now. Um, but I'm going to have to be on. Jeez, how do I get to stop? You'll figure it out. For the listeners at home, Maction is hot right now. Maxton is hot. Three and three on the week. We're sticking with the overs. It's going to work out. Took, took a few brutal losses tonight. Had to right. take, my, take my L's. Good old do not disturb. No more Maxton for this segment. Uh, I'm going to go with TCU to cover the seven. Uh, they are the second best team in the country all year long in terms of covering spreads right behind Tulane, which we just talked about. Um, so, yeah, I'm on TCU. I do think Texas, you know, like Brett talked about, I, it, it is really hard for me to envision TCU running the table and making the college football playoff. Um, this is a, obviously a huge test for them. But even, even still, you know, Texas plays some close games. Um, and TCU, they, they've got something going on right now. So I'm going to go with them to cover the seven. I don't think Texas wins this game by more than a touchdown. If at all, I do think TCU could still win this game. Dude, that's, that's the thing. It's like, do I have any any inkling of doubt that Texas will win this game? Of course I do. So if I have that, then why am I giving, like, why why am I giving TCU a touchdown? Like, it's so hard. And I'm thinking this is the game that TCU will probably slip up. Um, I don't like betting on teams that have really, really good offenses and even worse defenses. And TCU has a really bad defense. Like they are very, very poor on defense. I feel like they've survived their close games. Like they survived Kansas. They survived Oklahoma State. 
But if Quinn Ewers is on and he's getting able to play like to throw timing routes and get that offense moving and get Bijan Robinson open in space, um, I just don't think TCU can stop this. I mean, can stop Texas if if they're rolling. Um, it's a really tough line, really tough. I would recommend if you are going to bet the game, one, the over, just whatever it is, it doesn't matter, bet the over. I would probably try to find an alternate spread here if you're going to take Texas at six and a half, six, something like that. And if you want to take TCU, I think you might as well just go money line in this scenario. Um, I think that's just a better value. For the purposes of this podcast, I am going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with the home team. That's all I got. I, I think I think it starts to fall apart for TCU. You can't win. You can't win in college football consistently the way that they're winning. Chris, go before I change so, my mind. I, I mean, I'm. I, it, it felt like you were just on the fence of listening to Brett and Ed, and then you just picked accordingly there. So. Um, I would I would not bet on this game. That that's actually I, my betting advice this, is to not bet on this game and just watch we it. We pick this it. game because it's the highest profile game, but I am in agreement on that one wholeheartedly. I will not bet on this game. Um, and it, it feels like, and and this was the stinkiest line when it was put out there. And for everybody that just thinks about it, I mean, you have an undefeated TCU on the road at Texas, who is six and three, I believe, um, and. All the metrics across the board, if you rank them, they actually have them kind of close. I, I looked at all of my usual, um, uh, what is it, SRS ratings, PFF. You look at all of the the composite rankings, and they're they're basically side by side. And for the most part, TCU is kind of slightly above board. So I'm looking at that, and I say, wow, TCU, they are basically neck and neck with this Texas team, if not slightly higher and yet they're underdog by a touchdown on the road to Texas. And this is not your, your 2006 national championship Texas program. This is a Texas program that has lost three football games this year. This is a beatable Texas team. So why am I getting seven points? This is almost like Vegas, like dangling this line in front of all of us and saying, go ahead and take TCU. Um, I don't know if Brett had put the public action out there yet but i do think that this is one where there is a little bit of a slant towards tcu right now it just feels that way and so everything across the board goes against tcu the extra points the probably favored public action everything and yet i can't bet against them as a seven point dog i'm getting value in taking tcu at plus seven in this football game um it, it i feel like this is like this is TCU's hurdle against the college football playoff committee. And uh, was it the, uh, the Illuminati who are trying to somehow manifest TCU not to win this game by putting a crazy line on the board in order for Texas to believe in it or something like that. And then somehow lose the game. I have no idea, but it's like worst case scenario for them. If TCU sneaks in as the fourth seat uh, in the, uh, the, the top four college football playoff Um this is just one for me where I just feel like Texas does have a good defense. TCU does not, but Texas, I believe in the TCU offense more so. So I'm going to counter against your point, Sam, and just say, I think that this is a game where the best weapons are on the TCU side 
and I believe in that explosivity. So I believe in the fact that they can cover, even if they're down late in this football game, to be able to cover a seven-point spread. I love Quinn Johnson. I love the fact that he's a top-ten pick. He'll probably be the number one pick between these two teams off the board in the 2023 draft. I'm going to buy into the talent. I'm going to buy into the framework that they are a better team. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm somehow believing against the Vegas stink. And of course, that's probably with me believing in it. And the fact that my track record has not been good this year in TCU having a stinky line, you should run in the opposite direction and join, uh, what is it, Matthew McConaughey as the, uh, the the minister of culture at the University of Texas football program and bet your entire mortgage on the Longhorns this weekend. But there's just nothing on the actual front side of this bet that says that this is a no-brainer to bet Texas. So I'm, I'm, I'm just taking the value at TCU. But before we go to Robert, I want to kind of pose this question. We talk about home field advantage a lot, um, anything from 100,000-plus at DKR Memorial at Texas to the like 30,000 that might be at the Tulane game in a game like this, how much does home field advantage play into like your pick for this? Does, does Texas, has it ever been known even when it was the, one of the better programs in the nation as having a great home field crowd, dude, like you don't get the earth shaking metrics like you did even at the university of Georgia game or in some of the LSU night games, obviously Blacksburg, we all have a slant there. But they're not known for having that, like... Most city-based schools don't have, like, a crazy home field advantage. Exactly. Yeah, but a night game, though, they don't have a lot of those in yeah, Texas. They don't, yeah, they don't get a lot of those. But And, I mean, the just the pure, like, size of the stadium, I mean, that has to count for something. Yeah, Matt, well, let's put it this way. Max Dugan, he's, I would consider him a veteran. I don't think he's played in a game like this his whole career. No, either, so. no, because TCU was pretty bad his first couple of years. I mean, the most raucous environment he's faced was like Kansas. So, <laughs> All right. granted, they were fired up that day, but like, come on. Yeah, so it plays it plays a, a little bit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't make your bet because Texas is the home team right here. Hmm. Well, I am going to make my bet for the home team regardless um, <laughs> yeah hook them baby uh granted it's not because of what we just talked about i think i think brett made a great point in saying like like tcu is not going to run the table they are going to lose this game like i believe that this is where the loss comes um it's just a matter of how many points do they lose by um but i don't know i just think tcu has had and granted, they've they've been playing so well, but at the same time, they have had so many breaks that, that everything that could possibly go right for TCU this year has happened. That Kansas game I mentioned earlier, quarterback injury midway through the game. And then the next week, they play Oklahoma State. You know, basically Oklahoma State chokes away a double-digit lead, and Oklahoma State has proven to not really be that great in the first place. Then the next week, Kansas State has them on the ropes until they also have a quarterback injury. So, I mean, all these injuries, everything else just seems to be going right um, for TCU. Texas Tech didn't have their quarterback last week either. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, at some point, midnight's got to strike for Cinderella. Um, and I think that Texas is by far the best team they've faced. Texas, on the other hand, has had one of the most unlucky seasons of the year because um, a lot of their losses have had to do with the fact that 
you know, Quinn Ewers has been banged up and, and number of other factors. And like, I don't know, I think Texas wins this. And I think they're really trying to make a statement here that they, they might see themselves as back. the best team in the big 12, not quite back, but like I mean, on the cusp of back. I mean, look, they'll lose Bijan Robinson, correct? But they get Worthy yeah. back. They get Ewers back, who clearly needs some development. I mean, the, the kid just hasn't. Well, they get Arch Manning, so. But yeah. it, it's going to be Ewers. Ewers. But they're going to, you know, they they could be back. They will probably be preseason top 10, top 15 next year. Yeah, I think nine and three is actually on the table for Texas, um, yeah. even though they're six and three now. It would be Bam um, if Ewers didn't get hurt. Bam just has turned out. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, they. They yep. lost by, like, what was it, a one. field goal? With one, one point? One. Yeah, that's one. right. One, one point one. with Casey Thompson in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just a better team. I think they're they're more talented. They're more athletic. And I just think that they're primed to make a statement. And I think they're going to win this one by a lot. It Hudson was Hudson Card. Card, not Casey Thompson. Sorry, Casey Thompson was at Nebraska. And wrong. Yeah, I, I they literally called both one. names in my head and couldn't well, remember they, which they, mid, which fair, mid quarterback transferred. Yeah, to be fair, Texas has gone through, like I feel like, eight quarterbacks in five years. So no, I feel like they've had Hudson Card for five years as their backup quarterback. True. Maybe that's just me. Um, well, guys, it's NBA season. Uh, I think I think my Cavs are struggling a bit right now. I haven't checked the score in a few minutes, but uh, it's a tough West Coast road trip. The action, though, is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Guys, check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win total rebounds total points scored and more I'll tell you what the mobile app for DraftKings especially for a quick moving game like basketball is unreal it's it's so useful so easy to use it's right there for you it's the best one it's the best one we talked about this for a while we chose to sponsor with DK for a reason and it's because it's the one that we use, and it's the best one for you to sign up with. Again, use that code SOS with bigger payouts than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where you go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SOS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That might All be right, my so best one ever. I'm gonna be that honest. was really good. We're getting yeah, good at I, this. Um, I always fumble over the words. I didn't do it this time. I, I will have to check the Cavs score. Really brutal loss to the Clippers uh, a couple nights ago. So we're, we're going to have to check that. But in the meantime, fellas, give me a college football bet that you love, Brett. Give me a winner. I need a winner. I'm not – if you follow my Twitter, I need some winners. Winners, winners, winners. Uh, I like this one right here. Um, not – I mean, I understand why the line's right here. I got it. I don't know what it's at right now, but I like I got Clemson six and a half at home against Louisville. I get that they just lost to Notre Dame in pretty in pretty horrible fashion. I get it. I get why it might be the line, but Louisville at home, single digits. Clemson pissed off. I don't see it. I like Clemson right there. Um, 
how many games are we going to share? One or two? And um, let's let's have that be let's have that be your one, and then at the end we can give me your favorite one to bet, and then we can rapid fire later on. How about that? Yeah, I'd say that's my favorite one. I got it at six and a half. I think it's moved to seven, but I still like it at seven. Ed, give me a winner. Mute. You're on mute, buddy. I think you're right. I think it did move to seven, but uh, I will go with LSU minus three and a half at Arkansas. That was my other one. <laughs> LSU coming off, you know, one of the biggest wins they've had. I, I would guess not in a while because they did win a national championship, but um, what an awesome start to the Brian Kelly era in Baton Rouge. Who would have oh, thought, I hate that? I hate Who thought we'd be saying that in November? after the way things began in the offseason. But LSU minus three and a half after beating Alabama against an Arkansas team who's kind of reeling after a loss at home to Liberty. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tigers in this one. Um, no other explanation than, you know, Arkansas is having a hard time, which I'm kind of surprised by. Uh, and LSU is riding, up, riding high right now. Playoff potential for them. Think about that. Yeah, two lost playoff potential. Honestly, it's very strange. That Wouldn't it be crazy if they were not only were they the only two lost team to ever make the BCS championship, if they became the first two lost team to make the playoff as well? That'd be wild. That would be wild. You, you, you are hinting at a, a scenario that I'm about to talk about right after Sam. There's uh, a pause. There pause. Well, let's say, unless, we, unless we want to launch into this right now, Sam. You know what? Let's launch into it. Launch into it. Okay. Like, let's keep the rhythm going. We, Full disclosure again to our listeners, uh, we do not corroborate any of these picks prior to, and I also have LSU minus three three and a half against Arkansas. Um, And for a lot of the same reasons as that just distributed out here, but Arkansas is playing for basically a bowl at this point where LSU is in pole position to win the SEC West and possibly get into the championship uh, game and then win and then what happens. And I feel like that motivation alone is – reason enough for them to go into Arkansas and win by more than a field goal. Um, Obviously Arkansas is reeling at this point. I'm not like Ed in that one. I kind of understand just because I never really understood the Sam Pittman love other than the fact that they had some instantaneous success, which for them was like being above 500 for the first time in a long time. And everybody bought into it and just loved the fact that you had this uh, uh, coach who kind of resembled their mascot, you know, the kind of gruff, uh, character, offensive line coach kind of guy, and everybody bought into it. I, I like it as well. It's a great story, but the fact that it's Arkansas, they're not historically a great program in terms of just swack going into the SEC was a misalignment, and they're just destined to always be kind of like fourth fiddle in the SEC West. That's their lane. Um, going back to this, though, question for the group. Um, if LSU gets into the championship and they beat a likely Georgia team who obviously handled Tennessee last week. And we get this scenario where you get the big 10 winner who's in, who's in at this point. It's going to be the, probably the likely winner of the Ohio state Michigan game. ACC has gone. Like they're done. Like, I'm sorry. Like the, the Clemson losing was a fork in, in their back. Uh, big 12, this TCU, Texas game is a complete nightmare for them. So that's the nightmare scenario for the college football playoff committee. 
And then Pac-12, you have Oregon, who got absolutely crushed by Georgia. I feel like that will always be hanging over them as like the albatross on their schedule. They'll never be taken seriously. Even me as a USC bias guy, you lost to Utah, Utah lost to Florida. I feel like that will weight lower. So we get back into that, was it 2006 or seven scenario where a two-loss LSU team gets vaulted into the championship game. If two-loss LSU wins the SEC, do we get a Georgia do we get two SEC teams in the college football playoff? Yes or no? I think it depends on, because uh, I think an interesting case with LSU is they have a lot of common opponents with a lot of the teams that you just mentioned. And like, if the argument is between LSU and Oregon and LSU has just beaten Georgia, then there's no argument there. Like LSU yeah. common opponents here. But Does the, the flip Florida State that, loss factor into this see, at all whatsoever? This is what no, I'm trying to say. Is, no, well, the flip side of that. Is it worse is it to Clemson? lose to that game in Florida State, or is it worse to get absolutely boat raced by Georgia? I feel like that's right, going to be what, the final of the conversation. But what if what if Clemson, hear me out, finishes 12-1, and one, has completely run the table in the ACC, obliterates UNC, in the ACC championship game. That's a top 15 team right Irby, now. Are, and is now, your family, listen, listen. No, Irby, no, is your listen. family or your in-laws holding up cue cards behind the screen right now? Just kind of listening. No, it's a one-loss power five team. Like, like honestly, UNC's right not out of it either. Like, UNC has an outside shot at the playoff, truly. But I, I, if Clemson I and LSU have the same opponent in Florida State and LSU lost to Florida State and Clemson beat Florida State on the road, that could work out against LSU. That's all I'm trying to say. Florida State doesn't look bad. Actually, they look good, to be honest. Yeah. They're ranked again. Yeah. Yeah, they do look good. Um, anyways, my um my pick was LSU. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. We, we broke your brain. That that's that's just what happened. Oh my god. god. You, you broke my brain, and um I some I would a, take Arkansas quick. I have a special parlay for it ready to go. Um, you know, there's a game at noon that I really like um, a team that I don't love too much playing a team. I hate Oklahoma's minus seven and a half against West Virginia. Um, that has blowout written all over it. West Virginia is just so poor defensively and Oklahoma has the talent. It's a noon game. going to be sleepy. Uh Oklahoma minus seven and a half. It feels like that game should be a blowout. So I'm going to go Sooners in that one. Um, I have two more picks, but I'll wait to, to the end because I don't love them as much as we, I love. We, we we backed you into taking Oklahoma. That's how much <laughs> you did. broke your brain. Yeah, you did. You did, but I like it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to bet West Virginia. Is West Virginia going to keep it within a touchdown with Oklahoma? No. no, no, no. Okay, exactly. There you go. Just got to flip it a little <laughs> bit. All right, Robert, uh, uh, you haven't done your pick, have you? No, I haven't given you a winner yet. Uh, no winner. My winner, my winner is actually, I'm looking at a Friday night game, actually, and it's uh, East Carolina and Cincinnati. East Carolina, five and a half point dog on the road. I like the Pirates. I like them a lot. Um, I just have not. You know, I, I've kind of been on this all season, but I am really not on Cincinnati right now. Um, you know, what they did last year was incredible, but they've, they've lost so much and their offense is just so pedestrian. Um, I Yeah, I mean, and meanwhile, East Carolina has been having an awesome year. They're uh, 
Holton Ehlers is, has been playing college football for like a decade, and he's just a lefty slinging it around there. I don't know if East Carolina is going to go on the road and win this game in Cincinnati, but I think it's going to be close. Um, I think it's down to the wire, and I, I just think the Pirates right now are playing better football. Um, also, my favorite mascot ever, as you guys know, just the ability to dress as a pirate for a football game is probably a dream come true for me. But, yeah, go Pirates. So I took Cincinnati in that game solely because they're 0-5 in the last five against the spread, and at some point that's got to break. <laughs> or is that a trend? Just, I, Man. I mean, trends are definitely. A Dang it! I didn't even look that up. I, thank you. You just you just hand fed me a stat. I know. I just hand fed you that. I <laughs> hey guys, Cincinnati sucks against the against the spread. News. Yeah, I just I just the law of balance is in college football very often, and I feel like it's just going to happen. Like TCU losing to Texas. All right, guys. Well, let's let's do. How about this? Let's do our special picks of the week next. Let's stay with college football real quick because we are going to give you some college basketball futures here towards the end. Brett, your nutty pick of the week. I think nutty pick. I think nutty picks at eight and three now. We had the really we good. Had, we had a crazy last week uh, win with Oregon State, Washington. Um, I bet the weather ended up being gorgeous outside, and the weather still hit. So, so that's that worked out pretty well. Um, I'm going back to the I'm going back to the drawing board though, even though I wanted the Pac-12, that was a risky play. Going back to the drawing board, um, I got to do it. Iowa, Wisconsin, under 35 and a half, just going to be insane to watch. I'm going to feel like I'm going crazy. Under 35 and a half, I think this has. Uh, the only time I bet under 35 was Iowa. They hit against. Um, Iowa State when it was, I think it was in 12 and that's six or something. And then another one didn't hit. So I bet Iowa under 30 something, but under 35 and a half, Wisconsin and Iowa. I, I, I would say I love it, but it's, that's just utterly disgusting. And Iowa crushed me as a Purdue bet yeah, last, last week. week. Holy cow. What was that, Purdue? Uh, Ed, <laughs> your Southern Fried. Your Southern deep fried game of the week. Auburn minus one and a half versus AM. AM has no quarterback. Auburn got rid of Brian Harson, played much better last week with Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach. Uh, I saw an awesome video of him in the post game uh, in the locker room talking to the guys. He, he was uh, very emotional and the team was very emotional. And I just think Auburn's going to play better football uh, behind a guy like Cadillac Williams. So. Auburn at home. I believe it's a night game, too. It is. Uh, Jordan Hare at night's pretty phenomenal place to be. So I'm going to go with Auburn to cover against AM, who good luck finding that buyout money. Oh, God. I cannot believe they lost like they did last week. That was. You're, they're going are to. You, they're, are you suggesting that AM does not have that buyout money? They're digging wells for oil in Dude, West Texas right that now. Buyout, yeah, yeah, that buyout's no joke, man. That's, yeah. that's not. That's I'm not going to. I'm not the say A&M boosters will fly to the theoretical universe of Pandora and mine that area for fracking <laughs> natural resources to get the money that it takes to buy out Jimbo Fisher. I, I mean, that's that a GDP. And, yes. That, that is how deep they're willing to go. 
They're, no, they're gonna they're gonna make him like run for senate or something. I've seen people say these are oil yeah. men. Have you ever seen the movie? This there, there will be blood. This, these are the A and M boosters. They will find the money. All right. Well, uh, my graveyard shift game of the week. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm around 500 for these. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. My personal betting's not going great this year. I'm seven games under 500 after tonight. But I love this one. Fresno State minus nine and a half at UNLV. Jake Hayner is back and fully healthy for Fresno State. Uh, they hurt me last week. They dropped 55 on Hawaii. Um, they just kept scoring and kept scoring and, and for some reason didn't take out their starters in the fourth quarter. Um, so that that crushed me. But they're playing UNLV. They're playing on turf, very, very fast turf in Las Vegas. I think that helps out their better athletes in this game. Minus nine and a half. I like Fresno State. I think they are at, I think this is the Fresno State that we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year. We are now seeing, but you're getting the Fresno State line for the team that looked really bad without Jake Hayner. So give me the new and improved Fresno State, which is actually the old Fresno State. All right, I'm gonna I'm going to shift even further with Irby's pick, and I'm actually taking ECU money line plus 175 against Cincinnati as my captain's pick here this week. I had this uh both of them, but I'm getting the better team. They statistically rank higher than Cincinnati in every single metric. I love Mike Houston and how he prepares his team. They are a very, very, very physical football team and from what everybody saw last year you saw Cincinnati as being like a kind of a core defensive team obviously with um, Spencer Ryder at the uh, the quarterback position and you know that is not this team this year there are worse um, they don't have the same talent and at some point it's going to come back to haunt them and I feel like this is the game uh, ECU they just from what I've seen have the better like just in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line, talent or physicality. Um, and I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be close at the end, maybe a field goal type last minute kick type game. And I absolutely love the ECU plus five and a half money line. I've seen me the uh, spread. Um, so the fact that Irby took that, I'm going to go against that. I'm just going to say, I'm going to go one level further. I'm going to take the money line. I'm going to take that 50, 50 coin flip and say, Put it on the money line with ECU. I feel like I've been given the kiss of death. <laughs> <laughs> they could cover and not win. So there you they go. Call you it, a they call it the black over. spot in the pirate world. The black saw, spot. Yes. Saw, yes. The Kraken is coming for me. I saw Derby's color from his face when he heard money line. He's like, oh, I thought I had this by myself. <laughs> yeah, no. Everybody, everybody joined in on LSU and ECU, and I picked them both. And so there you go. You got the you got the stink all over your picks there. So you're welcome. Awesome. This is well, how I, I balance out. I, I I don't try to push myself up. I try to bring all of you down. Perfect. Uh, so for free money for me this week, I am going with um, Tennessee. They are minus twenty at home against Missouri. I know that might that's a lot of points, but this is going to be a bloodbath. I, in my opinion, I mean the way that Tennessee lost last week, 
um, in really a pretty embarrassing fa- fashion. They really were out of the game from the beginning against Georgia. Um, they strike me as the type of team that, you know, can bounce back from that type of loss. And Missouri's not very good. Missouri's been playing a little bit better, but they're still not very good. Um, I, I think Hendon Hooker is going to throw like five touchdowns. Um, this is this is going to be just, you know, back in Neyland. I mean, this is going to be like a 49 to 10 type game. Um, so I have no issue laying those points on Tennessee. Hammer it. Do you really like that? Because I really like Mizzou. Mizzou's yeah. kept it close. I just think- I don't know. I I don't understand why y'all like Mizzou. I would. I'm open to Mizzou kept it points. close against Georgia. They kept it close against Kentucky. They are they kept it close. They're the muck it up team in the SEC. Well, Kentucky's not good though. I mean, yeah, yes, tough. they they did well against Georgia. That was a crazy didn't, game. That's didn't true. Eli? But that was also in Missouri. Just get a, didn't the Mizzou coach Drinkovich to get a uh, two year extension for still being pretty mediocre? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a fine coach, and I think Missouri will be better in the long term. But I still just think right now their talent is vastly inferior to what Tennessee has, and I just don't think they have because those two teams that you just mentioned that they hung in there with, neither of them have the offense that Tennessee has. Um, Those are both defensively-minded teams, which is kind of the opposite of Tennessee. So I don't know. I just think this is a get-back game for Tennessee. It's going to go one of two ways. I don't think there's going to be a medium, honestly. They're either going to beat them or they're going to lose, honestly. They're either going to lay down because they think their season's over because it really, honestly, to make the playoff, it is over for them unless LSU somehow drastically loses a couple more games and Alabama gets back into the championship and beats Georgia. The only way I mean, they're sitting there at five. I mean, right now they're – I think the only way they get back in is they blow every opponent out, like you said, and then – Jordan exactly. Biden. Like I, th- I think that that's their goal right now. Is is like they're like, all right, it's a beauty contest. Let's let's try and win it, you know. Because at this point, you're number five, and you know that number two and number three have to play each other. If you take care of business, you're right back in it. True. True. All right, real rapid fire for the next two minutes. Yell out bets you like, Brett. I know you got a couple. Uh, doesn't count towards the final tally. Another big, another another big spread. Southern Methodist minus seventeen and a half at US at Southern Florida. Just fired her coach. Um, if you didn't see what Southern Miss, any Southern Miss, Southern uh, SMU did last week, you must be a crazy person because that was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Fifty six points in one half. That was just <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, seventeen points. I mean, I think they might score a hundred on South Florida. I'm not even kidding. They're like, now it's like a game. They're going to be like, oh, we scored 77 against Houston. Let's just dump like 100 on South Florida. Uh, I like that one. And then two more real fast. Uh, actually, someone else go because I just lost my whole card. I like UNC plus three and a half at Wake Forest. Yep. Wake's yep. not playing well right now. Hartman is a turnover machine. Carolina's just a better oh. team, and I hate to say it. Yeah, the – the uh wake forest magically winning a lot of football games thing seems to be running out yeah yep. oh okay i got well, this one uh i said fsu's playing really well syracuse at home plus six and a half at night even though it's in the carrier dome eight o'clock in the carrier dome nobody plays well there florida state i think probably is going to lose that game i think syracuse actually wins outright are you guys ready for this one 
Chris, you'll enjoy this one, I think. Um, if you guys know me, I'm a bit of an ancient history buff in my spare time when I'm not losing at gambling. And November 4th, so last week, was the 100th anniversary of Howard Carter discovering King Tut's tomb in Egypt, right? Um, pretty awesome. Maybe the greatest archaeological discovery of all time. And Inside that tomb, they found two colors specifically, other than gold. They had gold just lying on the streets in Egypt. They found Egyptian blue, which is this really awesome like electric blue pigment that was unique to Egypt. And then they also found silver which was the most precious material to the ancient Egyptians. So we have this electric blue and silver everywhere. Those are the two signs. Um, if you parlay Memphis, which is a city in Egypt, by the way, Middle Tennessee Air Force and Georgia State, which are the four teams to have that electric blue and silver as their main colors, that money line parlay is pretty darn good. That is... Uh, Plus 123 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So the King Tutankhamun Memorial Parlay for plus 123. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Air Force, Georgia State, and the athlete named after an Egyptian city, Memphis Moneyline. Uh, can we the winner? Can we get a I'm sorry, like, like a slow clap like that? That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. How um, much you're gonna have to give me that. a better number than that? How much time went into to what? to constructing that incredibly nonsensical, definitely will not happen, but still very well-connected parlay? Uh, not much time, to be honest with you. Um, it, it came to me. <laughs> it just came to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a winner. It's going to win. The King Tutankhamun Memorial Parlay. Please bet it in his honor. Ed, you got anything for us? We're ready to move on to some college basketball futures. No, let's move on to basketball. I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, go kick it. Tip it off. It's a tip off. Tip Ed. off. There you go. You're right. My future for college basketball is Arkansas plus 350 to win the SEC. Um, Arkansas is a really, really good basketball team. If I can get the preseason number 10 team in the country to win their conference at plus 350, I'll go ahead and take that all day long. Um, they played one game already. Uh, Missouri transfer Trayvon Brazil had 21 and 12 off the bench. This team's athletic. They always play really, really, really good offense, high octane offense. Uh, they're athletic, they're deep, and you know, until I see a lot out of Kentucky, I'm never going to believe in Kentucky. So I like Arkansas at the value of plus 350 to win the SEC. These are, by the way, to win the regular season. So yeah, to be the number one seed heading into the conference tournament. I believe that's new this year. I believe last year it was to win the conference tournament. This year, the futures on DraftKings Sportsbook are for to win the regular season. Um, yeah, Brett, seven seed winning the ACC tournament. We'll, uh, that'll screw that up for you. That'll screw that up pretty bad. Uh, any others? What are we feeling? That's the only one I've got. Virginia Creighton. Tech is plus fifteen hundred to win the ACC regular season. Creighton plus seven fifty to make the Final Four. Ooh, I like it. Uh, if you are, I think I, they, they're one of those teams that's getting so hyped up. They might like you see like oh they're gonna fall flat on their face. I mean I think they're gonna be electric. I mean Bailey they have, they have Bailey Shireman. Funny to say that because one of the ones that I thought about mentioning here was Villanova to win that to win their league. Oh no, I no, I think Villanova can easily win the league. I think, but I think yeah. Creighton to make the final four. They just they're going to be able to shoot the crap out of the ball, and that's like 
for me, that's like a team that usually does well in the tournament. So I like them to make five. Is O'Connell still there? I think so. I they feel like, like that dude's like my age. They got three of like the top like eight transfers in the portal. Uh, I know that. They got Shireman. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, while we're while we're looking at that, VCU plus seven fifty to win the A ten. That's a really really good value for probably the most talented team in that conference. VCU had a lot of injury issues last year and was still really competitive. I like them to dominate that conference this year. So VCU at plus seven fifty just feels like a really good value future. So if you're outside of the Commonwealth, bet on that one. Again, the Hokies plus 1,500 to win the ACC regular season. Not bad. And UVA plus 700. A lot of hype for UVA this year. Good team. Not a good team. They're, they're, a, good, they're a good team, Ed. They're a good team. They're All good right. Team. They were losing. If we're, if we're choosing. Oh, to a directional Carolina school at halftime. They scored like 40 points. They're not a good team. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm looking at teams across the board, I'm looking at teams that have a lot of good transfers in and also have a lot of senior guards. Um, and I'm looking at also value. So amongst those, amongst all the kind of major power five group of five conferences that you can get some serious odds on. I mentioned it before the podcast, I love Wyoming. They basically have the entire cast off crew of USC and UCLA descending upon Laramie. Um, and it's just, the confluence of that in the Mountain West Conference, I feel like is going to be enough to be able to win an outright regular season title. Um, UConn is my other one for the Big East, the plus 500. Uh, I just feel like the balance of power without Jay Wright now, finally at Villanova, uh, it just, I'm not buying any other program other than the fact that I just think like UConn is just, they, they, they present a lot of value. They always have great guards. Um, they always have great value there. And at plus 500, it seems uh, significant enough and for those Hokies out there I believe Naheem Aline is on that 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 roster as well he'll get some serious minutes so they can be kind of like an extension of your your fanship uh as as a Hokie uh basketball faithful there as well but those two ones stood out to me so so for me I'm going to the conference that now granted Chris also just mentioned one of these conferences but a conference that's truly a toss-up um when he mentioned the Mountain West Mountain West is a toss-up right now, but the Big Ten, truly no one knows who's going to win the Big Ten. Right now, Indiana is the favorite at plus 320. That's insane. Um, I mean, like it, it really could be anyone's conference. And the best value, in my opinion, uh, I love Ohio State plus 1,100 to win the Big Ten. Um, I think the reason why that number is so high for them is because they did lose a lot of production from last year. It was a team that they were solid, but their production was really centered around EJ Liddell and uh, Malachi Branham. And both of those guys are in the NBA right now. And so with both of those guys gone, a lot, it's an unproven commodity. But Chris Holtman is one of the best recruiters in college basketball right now. He brought in the eighth ranked recruiting class in the country. Um, he brought in four players ranked 66th or higher um, in the national recruiting rankings. He also brought in three transfers. Um, he brought in Isaac Lakikale from Oklahoma State, who has been a very productive player at Oklahoma State, Sean McNeil from West Virginia, and Tanner Holden uh, from Wright State. So those are 
Those are three guys that have been very productive in college, two of which are coming from power five schools. So you've got three great transfers, four great freshmen. Uh, you also add on the fact that they have justice suing um, is back from injury. They got him as a transfer from Cal last year, uh, but he had like an abdominal injury that knocked him out basically the whole season. Uh, this guy dropped 20 points in their first game. So Ohio state is so deep. They have so many options. Um, and at 11 to one, I love that number. Um, yeah, I would just hammer it just because the sports books don't really know much about Ohio state at this point. Cause it's not proven. Um, but I think by the time big 10 play rolls around and, you know, this group has had time to gel, they could be really dangerous. We'll do plenty of college basketball talk in the weeks and months coming up. Should be a really exciting year. ACC should be just a barn burner of a conference race. Should be a lot of fun. Guys, that'll do it for us tonight. Week 11 locks a Saturday. Season is flying by. Robert, we need you. Sign us out. Go Hokies. Everything I gotta do Burdens on the blurry lines That they drew